0: The scripture comes to us this morning from the book of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 22 to 23. It reads, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. There are three elements of personality that are involved in making a decision to become a Christian, or in making any significant decision for that matter. They are the emotions, the intellect, and the will. For example, a young man meets a young woman, and they are immediately attracted to one another. They both say to themselves, now there is someone I'd like to marry, which is what Jamie, my wife, was saying when she saw me. At that point, if the emotions had their way, there would be a wedding. But the intellect intervenes, questioning the impulsive emotional response. Would we be compatible? What is she really like? Can I afford to support her? Both conclude that it would be better to take some more time to answer a few questions before they proceed. So the two began spending, begin spending more time together and more time with each other. He eventually concludes that she is as beautiful on the inside as she is on the outside. Now his intellect has sided with the emotions on the idea of marriage. But the final and heaviest vote remains, that of the will. It stops the march toward the altar with the questions... Am I willing to give this lifestyle up for another? What about my freedom? Is it worth the trade? Am I willing to assume the added responsibility? The marriage will only occur when the will finally agrees with the emotion and the intellect. And so it is in coming to Christ. This morning's scripture we see Peter face with making a decision. To trust in Jesus. All of his emotions and his intellect propelled his will to see only Jesus. And to step out on the boat. To step out of the boat. I have heard this story hundreds of times. And countless sermons that I have heard about this passage. And I'm glad that I have. I'm thankful that I'm continually reminded of how I am guided by his plan, how I am given prayer, and how I am growing in his purpose. Verses 22 and 23, the scripture tells us that Jesus made them go on to the boat and wait for him on the other side. He sent the disciples ahead into into the sea where Jesus would not be present with them. We can see that their boat is being tossed by the waves. Jesus had sent them into this storm. Why? He sent them ahead, knowing full well that they would face trouble. So many lingering questions can be started with why. Why did I lose my job? Why is my family suffering? Why did I get sick? Why is there so much pain and suffering around us in our world? Jesus said in this life you will have trouble. We are not promised a perfect life here on this earth. We are not promised mansions or more money than we can count. No sickness, no death. If you are in this place this morning you are here at St. Luke and you are considering following Christ, making a decision with your emotions, or your intellect and your will. Then we need to look to the cross. For it is in Christ's suffering and in his death and in his, and in his resurrection that we can begin to find our comfort, a glimpse of our answers. You see, Jesus was preparing the disciples. Throughout His time here on this earth, He had two objectives. Redemption of the world and training of the twelve disciples. As He humbled Himself to death, even death on a cross, everything He had done was to glorify His Father in Heaven. He loved His Father and obeyed. He trusted And had faith in His Father's plans. Setting the example for us. And showing that even through pain and even through suffering, God can make good from evil. Jesus walked onto that water knowing full well that He had sent His disciples into this storm. Jesus wanted to teach them a lesson about faith. Who we need to keep our eyes on. We are being guided by His will, but only if we keep our eyes fixed upon Him. This is not a complex lesson, but as we can see through Peter, it can be very hard to follow. In a song by Casting Crowns, The Voice of Truth, the first verse we are presented with a beautiful narrative of Peter's story. It goes, oh what I would do to have the kind of faith it takes to climb out of this boat I'm in onto the crashing waves to step out of my comfort zone into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is and He's holding out His hand. The waves are calling out to me and they laugh at me reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed. The waves they keep on telling me, time and time again, boy, you'll never win. You'll never win. As Peter took a step of faith, reaching out to Jesus' hand into the unknown, he walked on water. Not because of his power, but because of his faith and his trust in Jesus. There are times in our life we have faced or we will face unimaginable circumstances. The waves, they come and they pound against us, trying to overcome us. But with our focus centered on Jesus, although the storm may not disappear, He gives us the strength to walk through the storm towards Him. Verses 30 and 31 say, but when he saw the wind, this is talking about Peter. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sing, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Peter walked on the water. He walked on water. It's important to understand that and to remember that Peter did not walk on water by his own strength, his own power. He had to trust in Jesus. And as long as he stayed focused on Him, he walked without fail. The moment he looked around, distracted by the mighty waves and the strong winds, he began to sink. The beauty in Peter's doubt comes from the love and grace we see in our Lord and Savior Jesus. The moment he cried out, Lord, save me, Jesus was there. He is always there. The same love and grace extended to Peter is given to us in our lives, amidst our struggles, amidst our doubts. We are given open lines of communication to him through prayer and through the scriptures. Jesus made this promise. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. John fifteen seven. Ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Whoa, yeah, we love that. But God is not some sort of genie. That's not the case. We tend to forget about the first part of this verse. That if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. If we are walking in fellowship with God, and studying the word of God, then we will start praying according to the will of God. And then we will start seeing our prayers being answered. 1 John five fourteen through 15 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. Through prayer, through praying through God's will, we are given and we are, we are comforted with peace, We are given strength and we have an opportunity to extend hope to others. Prayer should be focused on developing your relationship with God. Abiding in Him and not on what you can get from Him. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, correcting rebuking and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We are given the scriptures so we can be equipped for the work God has planned for us. And in our times of suffering, we can gain comfort, gain peace, and gain hope. The words he lays out for us in the Bible are like those of a parent or a guardian wanting the best for us. I can recall my father teaching me how to ride my bike, correcting me as I stumbled out to keep my balance, rebuking me for not wearing my helmet, and training me to master the bike like he had, so I would do well not to run into any more poles. You see, like a parent to a child, God has lessons to teach us. Maybe we need to learn how to show true love, how to love God with all of our heart, our soul, and our mind, to love the people that He has placed around us. Maybe we need lessons in extending forgiveness and letting go of our heavy hearts, of our resentment and our bitterness that we have built up. Maybe we need to allow peace to overflow in our hearts instead of worry or anxiety. Worry about this, worried about that. He is looking to correct us, to correct our past, to change our hearts and our minds to love Him with all that we have and to love our neighbor. God seeks to discipline those He loves, to rebuke us when we have done wrong. So we will be careful not to make the same mistake again. And to train us in righteousness. So we will have favor in God's eyes and favor among men. All of this so we can be equipped to do His work and build His kingdom and not our own. Because Peter started to sink, he realized belief wasn't enough. But that faith and trust in Jesus saves. That combination is what gets Peter through, that helps him get out of the boat and thrive. That's why Casting Crown's song revolves around this chorus. But the voice of truth tells me a different story. The voice of truth says, do not be afraid. The voice of truth says, this is for my glory. Out of all the voices calling out to me, I will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth. The voice of truth calls us to step out of our comfort zones into the realm of the unknown, where Jesus is. Come, step out of that boat, walk on water. Go and pray for that coworker the neighbor, or the classmate that you have, invite them to church. Tell them about your experience with Jesus. Go and serve in Segundo Barrio, which is ranked the third poorest community in our nation. Serve the homeless in our community. And the gifts that we offer, we need to give not out of our excess, but we need to give God our first fruits the best that we have to offer. We are missing the miracles that Christ has for us by staying in our comfort zones, being comfortable in our complacency. There is work to do for His glory. Each and every one of us serves a purpose. It does not matter how young or how old, we are called to spread His love with every soul that we come in contact with. If you are looking for a place to outreach, you are more than welcome to join the youth of St. Luke. The first Saturday of the month, we go and we work at the thrift store at Houching Community Center, where 100% of the funds from the thrift store go back to the community. The second Saturday of the month, we are beginning to make 50 to 100 sack lunches for the homeless community in Segundo Barrio. These were ideas that came to be because the youth saw a need. There is so much need in our communities. There is need even here amongst our members. We need to step out and be the hands and feet of Jesus. My prayer for us this morning is that we can find comfort and strength as we trust in His plan for us. As we begin to abide in Him to have a relationship with Him, and use the open lines of communication of prayer and scriptures, we will find peace, hope, and love, all drawing us toward His will. If we can listen to the voice of truth, we will strive to do His will and build His kingdom, and not our own. As each of us takes a step from our boats, Keep keeping our eyes on Jesus. And we walk on water. We will no longer see the strong waves or the mighty winds, but the outstretched hand of Jesus, urging us to stretch out our hand toward others. Amen.